and they were talking about like, oh, maybe I should just go start selling drugs. And they're like, yeah, like a 40-year-old man, you know, selling drugs. And they kept going back and forth. And then he was kind of like, huh, wait a minute. Why, why would a 40-year-old man sell drugs? Ah. Because he's desperate. Why is he desperate? Because uh, he, he, you know, he's got a dead-end job. He's a, he's a, he's a, not a, not that teacher is a dead-end job. But that was just, he's like, it's not fulfilling for him. So he's like, oh, he's a teacher. Well, why? Well, like, still, why, what makes him desperate? Oh, he has cancer. Oh, he needs money to provide for his family. Oh, so that, so that's why he sells drugs. Oh, but like, why does he sell drugs? Oh, because he failed at a prior job. You know what I mean? He built it off that. Right, right. And I'm like, oh, it was just so cool to see how his mind just started spinning. I want to take a quick second and talk about how you can support our show. I believe this is the most honest way that I can connect with you, the listener, and put it in front of everyone. You can support our show for as little as 99 cents a month. We release four podcasts a month, all at an average length of about an hour. That means you are supporting us at just 25 cents an hour. That's a, that's cheaper than the dollar menu. I think it's safe to say that we provide more value than that. And if you learn anything from our content, please consider becoming a supporter today with the link in the description of any episode or on the website at feedingcuriosity.net. And with that, thanks for listening and please enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Feeding Curiosity. I'm your host, Eric Wenzel, as always. And as you know, we just hit our one-year anniversary of the podcast and website and all that stuff. And I just want to say thanks one more time to you guys, the listeners, for being the real MVPs. Like I said uh, to all of my friends, they're the MVPs behind the scenes, but you guys are the real ones because without listeners like you, this wouldn't exist. So it's pretty awesome. Like, it really is awesome, and it feels really surreal uh, in general. So... Yeah, it's it's just great, and uh, I'm really honored that I get to be the one to do this. And so, yeah, thank you one more time. So today's episode is with Jordan Chris and Joe Joukowsky, two of my all-time favorite people on the planet, and we do a podcast together. This one was a really fun one. So Joe goes over his stuff with NETCON, which is the Student Vet- Veteran Association, um, and... They have a national convention in Disneyland, and it's like a three-day thing. He got to go to that, and he basically recaps what his events was like there, and then just kind of spending some time in Florida and all that fun stuff, uh, Disneyland specifically. So it was really cool to kind of hear that stuff. And then we kind of tangent into our interest into the more creative realm. So Jordan, as we know, is very interested into screenwriting and storytelling and all that kind of stuff. And Joe is too in his own way. And so we really dive deep in what it means to be a writer and a screenwriter and just kind of film in general and what makes a good story and why you know finding the why of a story and that essence of it and so we really it's just a really fun podcast toward the end and we do talk about like Breaking Bad quite a bit and the people behind Breaking Bad as an example and so the one thing I do want to mention here is please if you're really interested in this stuff go head over to the feeding feedingcuriosity.net and find the episode. There'll be a link in the description that you guys can hit and go find it because I'm creating the show notes and it'll have useful links for you guys to kind of dig a little bit deeper, right? So (laughs) feeding your curiosity, if you pardon my pun, uh, but it's totally intended and I'm being sheepish about it right now, but it's fun. (laughs) So seriously, go check those out. There's book links as well. And then the other thing I do want to mention before we jump into the podcast is I've gone and updated the book list 
So on the home page, there's three tabs. There's the podcast, the blog, and the book list. So the book list there is basically a library. So it has everything by genre, and you can find all of the books that we think are useful, and it'll be updated with guests' recommended books as well, too. Um, and we'll be adding more all the time. And if you click those books, you can find your own copy. It's a great um, way. And, you know, just to be full disclosure, that is linked to an Amazon account. So we get, you know, a small percentage of what the price of the book is. But it doesn't cost any more to you, the the viewer. Um, we just get a little bit of a kickback on that. Because of I personally think that offering books to you guys is just a great way because it doesn't feel shitty as an advertisement because you still have to make the investment to read the book anyways and like i said in the roundup year is books are powerful so with that please enjoy this conversation with jordan chris and joe jakowski on the creative process all right everyone we're back with another episode of feeding curiosity Joined by the returning duo, Joe Jakowski and Jordan Chris. Chris. Yeah. In case you forgot. I know. <laughs> In case you guys weren't sick of us already, we're back again to grace you with whatever we're about to grace you with. All right, guys. So what's new? Who wants to steal first? Oh, my God. You go first. Because I'm curious, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> Where do I start? Jesus. Well, so you went to Florida. I did go to Florida. I hung out with Diana for two days. Oh, how was that? That was really nice. We Shout were, out, by we the way. We basically were, yeah. <laughs> we were at the beach basically both days drinking. Sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> I would have expected nothing less. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's kind of what you would, yeah, it's exactly what you expect. It was really nice. I had a good time. It was. I really enjoyed it. Florida, it's warm there. It's uh, <laughs> oh yeah. What, what, what was the weather like? I didn't even think. Oh, it was totally... like eighty degrees. It's fucking great. God damn. Oh, God. Shorts, yeah, just shorts in January. In the ocean, like in the Gulf. It was like yes. <laughs> damn. This is what I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Crushing tequila is awesome. Mm, was tequila shirt there? I was tequila shirt there. I don't think I wore it. I was at the beach. Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's fair. I think I brought it with me, but I didn't wear it. Um. And then from there, went to NatCon, which is the National Conference for Student Veterans of America. And I'm, for those that don't know, I am the secretary and the volunteer chair for the SVA UM chapter, so at the University of Michigan. So as part of the leadership and for having applied for a scholarship from IBM, which I ended up getting. So IBM funded the whole trip, so I didn't pay shit. So I got my plane paid for, I got my hotel at Disney paid for um, by IBM, which was pretty awesome. Nice. Um, but went down there to the national conference, and it's basically three days of professional development, networking, panels, speakers. It's a very professional um, organization, and conference so there's a lot of different businesses there so there was a speaker who is the director of amazon prime air well she was a army pilot and then ended up becoming the director there eventually um there was some people from disney there there was a ceo from rally point the new york there's an editor from the new york times was there there was who else two medal of honor recipients were there yeah so there's a handful of really interesting people. Um, I went to panels by 
Um, it, one panel that I went to was on this uh, how to get into the C-suite, which is like CEO, CFO. Mm -hmm. And it was a bunch of people in the C-suite talking about what you have to kind of do and what that what's important there, which basically seemed to boil down to networking. Good yeah. networking, make sure you maintain relationships, and then work your ass off. Mm -hmm. Get results, basically. Yeah, then yeah, <laughs> be able to deliver. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind um, of what I would expect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not that complicated, but it was interesting to hear them talk. Um, I, my focus was less on professional development, though there were a lot of businesses there. Mm -hmm. So for our engineering people, um, Bill, a lot Bill, who was on the podcast <laughs> before, ended up getting an uh, internship with Northrop North Grumman, who does mm -hmm. munitions They're and close arms to and yeah. a whole bunch of crazy they were stuff. Hiring not too He's going to California for his internship, Dang. so they both stuff there, too. Dang. Yeah, they're all over. We had people, aerospace people, looking for, you know, whatever. They, a lot mm -hmm. of vets end up, and engineers from Michigan, end up in those fields, the military munitions field, because there's a lot of interesting engineering to be done there. Right. And that government money. And government money. Deep pockets. <laughs> yeah. Like, not even joking. <laughs> Maybe not now, but... <laughs> no, it's... They're, they're usually pre-funded. They're usually pre-funded. The pockets yeah. have suddenly gotten a lot smaller. <laughs> they've closed the pockets. <laughs> We're almost a month now. <laughs> but... <clears throat> um, so there's a lot of that kind of professional development, but I was... Because I'm planning on going to grad school focusing on talking to grad schools that were there. So I talked to Emory University, USC, Michigan was there. I talked to that guy. Um, who else? Tulsa? Some other ones. Emory I probably got the most of. Princeton had an undergraduate um, admissions person there. I talked to him briefly. Uh, so that was interesting. I think for me, being not going there professionally or not going there for the business world. Yeah, since you're not leaving soon. <laughs> right. Like, I'm not trying to get an internship with uh, Amazon or whatever. I don't care. <laughs> like, that's not what I'm doing. Right. I'm going into psychology. So Completely I, different world. <laughs> yeah, it is a different world. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't so fruitful on that end. And it was kind of good f to be a kick in the ass and a, had a few good conversations on what to do do in prepping for going to grad school mm -hmm. and what to do for your applications and those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. So that was helpful. Um, I got informed about a 10-week program at Emory University where they'll take me, I'll do research for 10 weeks in the summer, and they'll pay for everything. I mean, transportation, stipend for living, and you just chill and do research, basically. Wow. That's really cool. Which got me thinking about other research opportunities. So this right. leads into NatCon overall, fun time. We got to enjoy Disney World at night and stuff, too. Which I, guess I saw a lot of I can get on If we want to talk about that, we can get on that later. I'll finish the development diatribe now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, so that was cool. Um, but it really got me thinking about grad schools, and I've just started doing the STAR program, which is the Students Tackling Advanced Research Program in Michigan. And the first meeting was this last Tuesday. So they brought up, besides basic introductions and whatever, they brought up two separate 10-week programs that happen between the Leadership Alliance, which is a Big Ten, I think that's Big Ten, whatever, there's two different programs. One is the Big Ten schools that all do the same basic thing as I described for Emory. Ten weeks, fully funded, you get a stipend, you move there, and you work for ten weeks as a researcher. Then there's one that I'm also going to be applying for. I'm current, that's what I was working on the couch before we started this, was the one the application for the Big Ten, and then there's a separate application for the Ivy Leagues. So for the Ivy Leagues, I'm applying, you pick the schools that are your top three because there's actually a handful of 
pretty there's a lot of schools there and they don't want you to fill up one out for each individual one you throw your name into a pool and then see what happens but you put your top three right i put harvard yale and university of chicago so if i get one of those then in the summer i'll be living there doing research that's crazy yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, that would be dope if i had a, if i i don't know if i'll get into one of those that's pretty competitive and you need two letters of recommendation i have one that'll be good and i have another one that's coming from my boss at the va who i only recently met and i'm because i'm doing research there too on depression and i'm like i know this is gonna be an unconventional letter of recommendation but i want one from a researcher that mm-hmm. i'm gonna be involved with and i'm like so just write what i'll be exposed to by the time that I go to the summer program. So right. they know I'll have some research experience before mm-hmm. I show up. Right. So you don't have to be like, he's great. Uh, yeah, right. Because you don't fucking know because yeah, we've only worked yeah. together like a handful of weeks. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't, don't bullshit it, basically. Yeah, don't <laughs> make shit up. So, But because that's unconventional, I'm not so sure if I'd get into this one of these. We'll see. Of course, they'd look at other things too. Right. And they're also designed for underrepresented groups. So it's kind of the uh, diversity mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. But I can play the vet card for that so yeah. we'll see how that'll work um worked fine with the star program because that's kind of the same basic idea so we will see so that's kind of the big professional stuff that's been going on right now besides school starting that's and me fucking hating my japanese class that's kicking my ass <laughs> <laughs> yeah we were talking about that before we started recording jesus it's just... h christ <laughs> joe's jo just being pounded by japanese letters right now dude wednesday wednesday we started right and then Friday, we had a quiz. And then that following Monday, we had a quiz. And now I have a quiz on Tuesday for kanji. Holy That's crap. 70 Japanese terms I'd have memorized in five days. Not including the kanji. Not including the kanji. Oh, my gosh. For, for those of you... I, was, I, I, did a, I, I got 5.5 on the first quiz out of 10 and 6 out of 10 on the second quiz. And I was like, well, I'm not fucking surprised. <laughs> I'm like, this is exactly what I thought was going to happen. And I talked to her and I was like... What did I say? I was like, I don't, I can't handle this pace. Like, I'm not gonna be able to keep up with this. And she was like, Well, study better. <laughs> like, oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> That's legitimately That's actually what I did. I, then I started looking up other sections so I could be in a different Japanese section, not have her for my recitation. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm gonna get the fuck out of this section. <laughs> God, it sounds terrifying. Like, yeah, I'm taking a pass fail. So even if I, I, oh, I just okay. have to get a C minus, and then I'm good. Gotcha. But I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> You're just like, I think I'm turning Japanese. <laughs> no, I think I'm turning more English. I'm, I'm getting into the fuck this attitude. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's so exciting though. Not that, but I mean that's yeah. still exciting too. But the other stuff is really, oh, yeah. that's crazy, really interesting. I don't know where it's going to go. We'll see. I but that's been my strategy for everything I've been doing. I just go, meh, and I just throw shit <laughs> just out there and see what happens. Uh, <laughs> it seems to work so far. So. Dude, that's how I got two th- these two research positions. That's how I got into the STAR program. And that's, that's how I got into Michigan. I was going to say, that's how I got into Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens. I'm like, eh, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I end up at Harvard, you? it'll be another eh, yeah, fuck it moment. Right. <laughs> Sounds, works great for my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Jordan, you wanna? Can you top that? No. <laughs> I, I should have went first. <laughs> well, sure. um, yeah. So I spent my fucking last couple months in Dubai. You know. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. Ferrari. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's, we with that's tigers cool. too, probably. Yeah. Uh, I was uh, racing for pink tickets, pink slips, <laughs> on the Dubai highway yeah. with a prince. Yeah, I got a pet tiger. <laughs> I hang out with. No, none of that is real. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, from what, I mean, damn, I should have went first. <laughs> um, <laughs> Who gives a shit? Yeah, yeah, no, it's, that's all good. No, talk about, but, um, uh, talk about the screenplay. Can you talk about that? I don't want to... I don't Just say that you're doing much. it. Yeah, so I'm working on a screenplay. I don't know if I've mentioned it before or not. Um, you have mentioned it. Have episode mentioned 20 it. was when you first mentioned it. Episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. What okay, episode right. number are we on? Uh, this will be 35. What? Awesome. Damn. Yeah, I know. It's moving so fast. I know. Um, <laughs> tell me about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so working on a screenplay, as I mentioned before, um, one thing I noticed that was funny, I just finished the pilot, at least the complete outline of it, mm -hmm. um, or as complete as it needs to be right now. Um, what I thought was interesting is I gave myself a range <clears throat> that I wanted to be at because obviously I'm going to add stuff and I have to take stuff away when I go to mm -hmm. revise it. Yeah. <laughs> and so the range I gave myself, I said I need anywhere from 45 to 55 pages, right? For it to like, I don't want to be at like 70. For the pilot? Yeah. Okay. Because um, it turns into like a minute, a page is a minute of screen time. Oh, um, so like typically like an hour long. I never knew that. Yeah. So like an hour long episode is like 60 or so pages around there. Um, granted if it's like it always changes because like more talking kind of goes faster so if you have a lot of dialogue you may have like end up having like 70 um mm -hmm. stuff like that so um i was like i don't want to be at 75 then and then go into revisions because then i'll have to like trim fat in certain places and i was yeah. like i want to have i'd rather have less and be able to add to it rather yeah. than have too much and have to pull away um so yeah i said 45 to 55 would be like the golden number where i want to be before i start revising it and i <laughs> when i went to look at it i was at 45 pages exactly dang like, right at the bottom of 45 and i'm like yes <laughs> i'm like i'm on the right track <laughs> you know what i mean damn that's crazy um, yeah so it's really cool so i just started revising it um there's some stuff i have to add i don't want to tell too much about the story what i will say is that it's a mix of breaking bad sons of anarchy and power, I guess. If you put those shows together, I don't know if you guys. Have seen I don't know all power, um, but I've seen two of those. Yeah. I've seen two out of the three. I've seen one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so that's the best way I can put it into words without trying to give away too much. Right. Um, there is some exciting stuff coming along with it, so I'm crossing my fingers on that one. So that's the that's the one where like most of my focus is on. Um, in the past, what what's today? The twentieth. So like yes. three weeks, yeah. three weeks alone, I kind of I cut back on drinking substantially. I was gonna say um, we, we we have to talk about that because yeah. I remember the text we got earlier this week, and I was like, God damn, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah substantially. So um, really, I kind of limit myself. Like I'll have a beer here and there. Like I have today. I, yeah, I haven't gotten drunk, and I don't know how long. Um, where I actually was like inebriated. Mm -hmm. um, so, but since then, my creativity has just like went through the roof. And it's really cool, but it's also annoying because I'm like, shit, I need, <laughs> I need to focus on one thing, you know what I mean? Um, where to the point where I have, including this one, I have four screenplays like that I'm working on currently. Woo. And it's a lot. Yes, um, it is a lot. Yeah, all super exciting stuff that I'm um, excited to put out, but the one that I'm referencing in the beginning is the one that I'm really like putting all my efforts in now. And kind of doing the other. If I get writer's block, I kind of jump into the other one and black. Like, I'll just work on this for a little bit mm. and kind of like bounce. Ooh, around. that's a good question. So, do you get writer's block often, or because I've heard two? There's mm -hmm. two like there's like two camps when it comes to writer's block. Either it's a myth and it doesn't happen. That's usually from like, the journalist mm -hmm. side of things because journalists and writers for like news organizations yeah. can't have writer's block because yeah. they have to come up with an article every day. Right. But then if you're like a creative writer, writer's block happens all the time, and basically your job as a writer is to trick yourself into actually writing instead of procrastinating all day so you don't yeah. write. So, <laughs> the way I would say, I think there's a difference. There's writer's block and creative's block. 
Ooh. where creatives block is like you're struggling coming up with ideas. So I was listening to a podcast. It's about uh, what's it called? Um, Lessons on screenwriting. There's a podcast I listen to every now and then, mm-hmm. and um, they were talking about how it's a it's like a lot of times screenwriters don't come up with ideas. Like they come up with like one or two ideas a year. You know what I mean? Yes. Like good. Like they come up with a lot of ideas that are like or situations is what they call them where it's like oh this would be interesting. But it doesn't really come into fruition. It's just like, here's a whole bunch of scenarios. Right. And then you have like a full-fledged idea that's like, oh, I can actually make this into something. You know what I mean? So they say like Mm -hmm. one or two a year. And then in between there, you have like all your blocks where you like really can't come up with anything. Yeah. um, And stuff like that. So that's one side of it. Writer's block is, I think, when like, you know how you're writing and you're just like, oh, that like it's just not flowing right. Yeah. Like the rhythm isn't there and stuff like that. It's like that focus mode where you're like, it's like you're going against the current almost. It's kind of like the way I would kind of use a euphemism for it it's kind of like mm-hmm. it's just it's almost like if you're trying like when you're like doing sports for the first time you know you're, you're trying to hit the ball too hard in baseball right mm-hmm. it's like when you try too hard to do something then right. it's not going to work out like you want it to right you're forcing it at <laughs> yeah exactly um and that's where i guess i agree to an extent that writer's block i don't want to say it's not real but it's something practice helps yeah. So for those journalists who are writing every day, they're writing every day, so they have the skills and the techniques yeah. to get out of that. i got to send you a book. There's a, there's a really good book by Stephen Pressfield called art, uh, War on Art. War on, oh, I've heard of that. Yeah, it's one of the best books for any creative writing ever to be able to kind of understand is it. Is that yeah. in our, our site now? I think it should be. It's about to be. It, it will be. <laughs> I'm actually writing show notes right now because I'm realizing that I need to start doing this more. <laughs> but it's also very hard because if I'm talking all the time, I don't, you know, I, I need a Jamie. I need someone else doing <laughs> this stuff. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, just sitting, just taking to show notes because, <laughs> or I have to spend all of my other free time making show notes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, definitely send me that. I've heard about it. I don't remember. I listened to the audiobook version of that, and it really helps. Because basically, the, the premise of it is basically that by setting away, like, baking in a time where you're doing it, like, what you're doing already, mm-hmm. is you're becoming a conduit for the creativity. Right. Like, creativity is out there, is, mm-hmm. like, what he says. It's, like, it's there. Mm-hmm. And you just need to do the thing that allows you to be able to channel that muse through you, basically. Yeah. It's, like, we're all creative in our own way, and it just... It just exists in the universe, yeah. and it's like by choosing to be an artist in whatever form you choose it, right? Like right. it's like going to practice every day at the gym. Like mm-hmm. by choosing to lift heavier, you can be, get stronger, right? Right, right? You know, it's the same thing as with writing better. So it's like mm-hmm. by you'll eventually, if you do it enough, you'll have a point where it's like, oh, this is like you'll feel it, right? right. You know, like, like, like lightning in a bottle moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would say interesting you say that because um the way. I think of like, at least it hit me when I started working on this original idea, mm-hmm. is that I felt like I wasn't making it, like I was discovering it. Yeah. Like Ooh, it was already I there. That. You know I know that mean? feeling too. Yeah, like it was already there and it was just kind of, I think you actually told me that when you first started yours, Joe. Um, however, I mean, that was before you. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think you said something like that and it kind of struck and then it was always kind of there, but like, wh- I do music as well if you people listening haven't caught on by now <laughs> but that that's a little different but like writing this story i've never i haven't had a creative block um Ooh, it's just that's interesting like i go to like when i go sit down to write whether i do it on my if it's late at night i usually do it on my phone because i don't want to sit up on a laptop all night mm-hmm. um so i just go on the google docs and do it on my phone um but during the day i'll sit on a laptop but however i'm doing it it just flows out and maybe the organizational structure needs work or something like that so like i go back later and fix that up yes um 
But yeah, it's interesting. I definitely want to read that book. The fact that he said that it's like you're just a medium. For it's the, a very short book for too. the world to come yeah. out. Yeah, it's a very short book. And it's quick read, and a lot of people I know that are professional writers and stuff, they've used that as ways to kind of get themselves into a new thinking mode, like starting mm -hmm. a new project or get past a blocking point because right. it really just supercharges their you know, creative juices to be like, yeah. oh, right, yeah, because mm -hmm. it, it talks about the same creative struggles that we all face, like, right. no one's going to read this, or this is a waste of my time, yeah. like, like, that's just your 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 mind trying to say that, you, dissuade you from trying to pursue something yeah. that is yeah. difficult, or find ways to procrastinate through mm -hmm. it when, you know, you still want to do it. Yeah. yeah, I try to block that out as much as possible, Yeah, because that doesn't help, you know what I mean, no. and <laughs> regardless even. of what it turns into, it's for... I feel like it's important enough that for myself, I need to finish. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yes. Whatever happens, happens. But I'm not going to be like, oh, well, only X amount of screenwriters and this and that ever get successful at it. Yeah. I mean, whatever. I like doing I it. I mean, it's you, fun. <laughs> some of the best things you ever hear about is how much, how many times they got told no yeah. before they got a yes. Yeah. You know, like, I, I can't remember all, any specific ones off the top of my head, but, like... Ben Skilligan, Breaking Bad. Yeah, this one. I think yeah, <laughs> that's one of the ones that always comes up on Facebook every so often in a yeah. meme. But basically, like, they pitch it to, you know, hundreds of different studios, and then all of a sudden, everyone says no until someone says yes, and yeah. then now, you know, Breaking Bad is, like, one of the, yeah. you know... Greatest <laughs> things ever made. Right, exactly, so it's... <laughs> Imagine if you're one of those, whoever those people are, the executives, it's the spec, like, intakers, whatever. Right, yeah. To say no to Breaking Bad. Yeah, that guy who like watches it afterwards. Yeah, and and hear about like, it, like fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> like you know yeah. what I mean? That's it's nuts. I mean, that's like looking at the. I think one of the coolest examples of like creative media is like the new Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse movie. I still need to see it. You'd need to see it because you'd love it. Yeah, I've heard nothing but good. You sent me a screenplay on that too. I know. I'm I, they they put it up online on a Twitter. I found it on Twitter and they put it up online. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, like how are they going to pull back the curtain for free yeah. like that? Like, I'm surprised it did. I know. I was reading the Interstellar one the other day. Were you really? When I was writing. I was like, how do they format this shit? <laughs> <laughs> so you so just kind of Google it? Yeah, I was like, I need to find this out. I was like, yeah. I have no idea how this yeah. works. Yeah. <laughs> It's pretty cool. Yeah, I can send you some Breaking Bad ones, too. I yeah. have, like, a good handful. Um, and I you can probably take pictures of the one from the Batman trilogy, right? Yeah. Is that I formatted right? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It's awesome. I'm already into that Dark Knight one. It's, I don't know. Those dudes just know what the fuck they're doing. Like, it may, it may help that I've seen the movies. Yeah. Um, so, it, I haven't read a screenplay yet of something I haven't seen. So, that's the next thing. After I finish the Batman ones, I'm going to go read something I haven't seen. See if I get a good image and then go watch the movie after, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, they do a great job of, uh, like, you can visualize it so easily. And that's kind of what you're doing in screenwriting. You're not telling, you're showing. Um, and so everything that they're laying out, you, like, it feels like you're watching the movie. You know How I mean? do they describe, like, camera motion? So you don't. As a screen, so they, okay, so someone like Nolan. Would that be storyboarding? A little, a little. They do have storyboards in the Batman one. There's like oh, really? I think there's okay. a selective amount in there. Um, but since they direct too, they're a little different than your typical screenwriter. Right. Because screenwriters aren't directors, right? So they say the director's job is the one to like do the angles and do all that kind of stuff. So you have to try to, unless it's absolutely necessary, you know what I mean? You have to kind of limit those. Because then if a director goes to pick it up and they have all these like directions, they're kind of like, well... What the fuck am I doing? Yeah. Like, then they have to go through, like, no, we got to do this. So they say to omit all of those. Hmm. Um, but yeah, something like, so Gilligan and the Nolan brothers are a little different because they direct as well. 
Right. Um, and Vince Gilligan, I'll send you the Breaking Bad ones. It's interesting. I was searching so fucking hard for Ozymandias, but it's not out there. <laughs> for not... five good reasons, yeah, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was, I was like, I was looking for hours. <laughs> I was like, it's got to, someone had to put it up, but it's not out there. Can you buy a book for it? You might Maybe. Be able to buy the series. Maybe. I haven't seen one. Granted, I haven't looked up to buy the, I haven't looked up to buy specifically that either. I bought a book that like breaks down each episode. Not in a screenplay, but it just kind of deciphers like the meaning and stuff behind each episode. That's it's called Breaking Bad One Hundred and One. <laughs> um, so that was cool, but I haven't seen like that like a screenplay one for that. Um, they yeah, send you those. It's they, but he point is he writes a little differently. Right. Um, and like people like I was reading on Reddit and stuff, they were commenting on how his writing style is different, and they were saying they think that's one of the reasons a lot of studios kind of turned it down. Mm-hmm. It's because his writing style is not um, tradition traditional. Um, hmm. but yeah. Dope. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, I think that discussion topped Joe's a little bit. It's on par. It's on par. Yeah, I mean, my shit's boring. <laughs> <laughs> no, Joe just described... It's just a list of things I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> it's exciting in a different sense. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. exciting for me. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody else is just hanging out. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't know if, do we want, do we want me to talk about what I want to do? I don't think that's really this show. This is your guys' I wanna, show. <laughs> I want to keep going down the rabbit hole. Yeah, I know. Like, I think so, too, because, because wanna, my, my shit's boring, too. I want to know more, because I, I've been writing, writing fingers quotes <laughs> writing this novel for a while now though i finally have a name Do you? i know you can't can you say it if you want to tell us later that's fine i probably should yeah i'm not gonna say it because yeah. I, I don't know if I, I i'm afraid that if i say it out loud on a public format that if i end up wanting to change it later for some good reason you then i'll be to. hesitant to do it yeah. right so but i have a name and I have two characters that I think I get. Like, I really get. Yeah. Like, oh. Like, they started, it was really weird, because they started, like, almost, I thought they were the same character. Right. And I was like, I don't, like, oh, there's something, there's tension here. How mm-hmm. do I display this tension? And then it was like, oh, wait, these are two different people. Hmm. I was like, oh, I get it now. Like, these are, this isn't one person that I'm talking about. I'm talking about two individuals that are in conflict with each other. I'm like, now I get it. That's it. Now I understand. <laughs> so there's a term for that, and I might butcher it, um, but it's I think it's called the attraction of opposites, something like that. Uh, attraction so of that opposites. seems to fit. Yeah. So These two, yeah, I'm really excited for for them because, yeah. and I don't want to say too much about what you know, so I'll tell yeah, yeah. you guys afterward. Yeah. But, off but I don't off the say, air. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. This, I'm like. So I really want to keep talking to you about screenplay, yeah. even off the air. Yeah, or yeah, we yeah. go to Pollyanna later because. Yeah. Dude, that's I'm dope. excited because I remember. So you were you were the first one to tell me to do a screenplay. I don't know if you remember that. But was I? Yeah. So there's this other idea which I still have, but I put it on the back burner because it was too. Remember, I sent you, um, I sent you like a sub script, like just like one snip. Oh, it was, was like this two was years ago. yeah. We were. I remember talking about it at Kuma's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a while ago. So yeah. that was. Whoa! Wow. Yeah. yeah. I want Kuma's now. <laughs> Listen, I wouldn't. Say no, but <laughs> we can go to. Kuma. <laughs> you stop yourself. I, I was trying. I'm trying to eat better, and then you guys are like, "Let's go to Kuma's." And I'm like, "Fuck!" <laughs> I eat out just... like once a week, like unhealthy. It's, that's yeah, my like, that's... upper limit. I've been oh. fucking up. We went out last night because Jen got engaged and it was her birthday. Oh, congrats to her! Yeah, congrats yeah, to Jen. Jen, if you're awesome. listening, yeah. I'll tell her that we call her out. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that is, that awesome. is really cool. You, I mean, you expected it for a while now. Too. I know. <laughs> oh, hold on. We can put this up pause for a second. I'll yeah. tell the story. So there's. 
a bunch of very, very stressful, controversial things going on with me at school. I can't really talk too much about it, but basically, um, on Friday night, yeah, Friday night, so I'm basically getting a bunch of calls from people, getting a lot of texts, editing a statement, and a whole bunch of stuff. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And every time that, and Autumn's over, my girlfriend, so every time I think that I'm done... I'm not done. Because I'm like, don't worry. We'll, we'll watch Mindhunter. I swear yeah. to God, we'll watch it tonight. I promise you. <laughs> that was exactly what we were doing before yeah. we were recording. <laughs> that's kind of, yeah. That's a thing. So I just keep having to deal with this shit. And I finally think that I'm like, I think I'm, I think I'm good. I think I'm done. And I like sit back. And then I look and I'm like, God damn it. And I look down. I look down and I actually I pull up the text on my computer. I'm like, why is Jen texting me? And I'm like, Jesus. And I click on it and it's just a photo of her with the ring. And I was like, yeah! <laughs> so I, I went from like, God damn it. Oh, Jesus. It's like so stressed out yeah. to like an immediate like, holy shit. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah, that, it was really that's, that's an awesome like way to like be like, Surprised about that. I, know, I was know? totally surprised. That's I was awesome. Like, I was like, what the fuck? That's awesome. <laughs> that's you know so how cool. he did it. Uh, they went out to some restaurant, had a nice dinner, and he, she's Loki, so the, he okay. didn't like make a big scene out of it, but like gotcha. gave her a like letter or something that he wrote with all the things that he wanted to say to her, mm-hmm. so that he wouldn't have to like in a loud say restaurant, yeah, yeah, or like attract too much attention. And then showed her the ring. Wow, that's awesome. Man. That's so cool. I'm mean, <laughs> like about fucking time. <laughs> man, nice. That's so good. Yeah. Oh, and I'm gonna be the. Um, the oh actually never mind I don't think I should say this. <laughs> okay never mind never mind cool. right all right cool very um, cool um as we were I yeah. forget where we were <laughs> um, talking about kumas in the oh uh, yeah amazing right. burger food right 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 um so I was just saying how two years ago you had started writing your book your story yeah um and then that got me into I was like well let me just take a stab at it you know what I mean I came up with something mm-hmm. and then I was telling you I'm like I just one, at the time, I didn't read enough. I still don't read enough. Whoever reads enough. <laughs> but um, yeah. at the, Good point. <laughs> uh, at the time, I, like, hardly read at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just so deep into music at that point that, mm-hmm. like, any time I spent reading, I was like, I should be listening to music or, like, doing something music-related. All right. Um, besides the point, um, I had sent it to you. I'm like, yeah, I'm having trouble, like, being articulate and, like, kind of really, like, just, those descriptive things in um, fiction stories that come up and, like, they just really are so elaborate and, like, you can really just see it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, with how they're telling the story, I was like, I'm just having trouble at that end. And you were like, well, why don't you try a screenplay? And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I never, you know, yeah. You're that like, that sense. never crossed my mind. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then I thought about it. I'm like, yeah, I guess the reason I would want to write a story wouldn't be for the story it would be for it to get adapted into some sort of film so mm-hmm. i was like why even go through that why not just cut out cut out the whole middle part and just go straight to that so yeah. then i kind of looked into it at that put it aside yeah. and then two years later here i am that's you know literally I mean? the like thought process i've been having now is yeah. like one is the thing that i'm writing is way too visual and two i'm like i just want this to be a movie like yeah. i can picture how i would want it to look <laughs> and I'm like, I this is part of why I'm like talking about camera direction. I'm like, yeah. I just want to fucking direct this thing. Yeah. But, <laughs> but one, it and it's I don't know a monster. This sound, yeah, this sounds to me like something that if I made into a screenplay, it would cost a lot of money. Oh yeah. So <laughs> you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> you need someone with deep pockets. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's out there and it's possible. It definitely um, is out there. Not that it's 
it's not it's possible not that it's easy mm-hmm. but you can you know you get it formatted do go through all the hoops and stuff like that and then start sitting down with people and if mm-hmm. someone likes it they ultimately don't give a shit you know what i mean you can write up a contract and be like yeah we'll make this happen now your involvement will be up to question yeah very rarely if ever does a screenwriter really get to come in have a studio or whoever take their script and then be like you want to direct it too for obvious reasons yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> i don't know if i would trust myself with it either but right. i would definitely want to set it up so i have some kind of say some involvement right right because i almost don't know if you could have someone come in with this idea without any experience and do it right right like, just in general yeah like really it's complicated right. the whole thing is fucking complicated <laughs> <laughs> so it's almost like if i could just be an advisor i'd be cool with that because yeah. i'd be like listen i'm gonna this is gonna take you some explaining right <laughs> right um, listen i'm crazy <laughs> <laughs> all the best ones are. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of evidence that creative types all have something going on. Something a little crazy to them. Yeah. yeah I think so. <laughs> some can tone it back a little bit. Some are just... Out there. Some yeah. are Kanye West. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I think Quentin Tarantino oh, yeah. is a movie... Well, he's not as like loud as Kanye, yeah. but like I would, I would kind of relate him to Kanye. He's out there. He's a weird guy, quirky. Mm-hmm. But he makes good movies. Like He knows what he's doing. Um... But yeah, it's, uh, I, so this is what I ran into and I know you're busy with school and stuff too, but as you like do it more, you're going to run into wanting to write in those director notes and it's going to be really hard to not do it because you, because you see it, right? So you see what you're trying to relay onto paper and you're like, I want people to see it the way I'm seeing it type thing. So you're like angle here. Like there's this one scene I was doing, I was like low angle looking up at the character from a, like from a bag. And it like look the camera angle is looking up at him, right? And he's like looking off screen and then when it goes off screen it shoots to the other point of view of the person who comes in and then it goes back to the back. So every time you see him it's looking from the back. I'm explaining it terribly, but that's kinda <laughs> just, right, right, right. Yeah. Um and I was like, Fuck, I can't do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's literally what I can't do. Because you're painting the picture for them, right? <laughs> right, but that's how I see it. So right, it's hard it's hard to see it that way and be like, since I don't have the credibility to or the work behind me to do those things they're gonna be like look you're not a director you're just a screenwriter you know what I mean mm-hmm. it's very rare that they like Ben Affleck and uh what, what's his name uh Matt Damon yeah yeah Matt Damon. Will Hunting yeah <laughs> that like never happens you know what I mean I don't know if they had film background to me I don't think they did they went to I think it's just Harvard, ex- right? I think it's just exposure I have no idea because yeah. it kind of just happens organically for a lot of those kind of people because they're yeah. you know when you're when you're on one side of the camera you kind of get a feel for the other side of the camera right so exactly. to speak yeah. <laughs> so it's weird I'm like even Vince Gilliam Breaking Bad when he pitched it um you know finally got to AMC and they're like well because they ask you who do you have in mind to do XYZ like who do you have in mind to play this person who do you have in mind to direct it mm-hmm. and he was like I don't know I actually haven't thought of that and they were like well why don't you do it and he was like, uh, okay. <laughs> he was like, you know what? Because he had never directed. He had, yeah, right. He had wrote for X-Files. Um, what? Yeah, that was interesting. So that's how he met Brian Cranston on X-Files. And apparently Brian Cranston played a, not a similar character, but a character who, like, was, like, evil at heart but was, like, likable. Mm-hmm. And so he had said he always wanted Walt to be Brian Cranston. He's, like, from that scene. So they did, they went through their auditions. I think I saw that on something before, like, an article about it or something like yeah. that. Yeah, so it was, it was actually interesting that he had him in mind the whole time, um, where he was like, I want him to do it, and they were like, well, you should just direct it. So he directed the pilot, and that, like, never happens. Hmm. Um, but yeah, 
So, and I, I've, heard, I've heard too, like, just from a pilot thing, like, pilots are like the most stressful thing. You're selling it. Right, yeah. basically. It's, it's like the, it's yeah. the hardest thing ever to write, and also, because a lot of times they don't even know what the story is going to develop into. Yeah. It's just like, this is what we got. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you just need to get the okay, like run it. Yeah. You know, and then they have to film it and make it real, and then they you're like beholden to the viewers at that point. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry, I keep referring to this show. It's just it's so that's good. totally fine. <laughs> you know what I mean. But everyone I talk to, whenever I talk about shows, Breaking Bad makes this way in, and I've had someone be like, "You really talk about that show a lot," and I'm like, "How can you not?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you're gonna talk about like storytelling, the best storytelling yeah. in the medium of last 10 years I not would say not just film but like film television whatever yeah. Yeah. if you're using a fucking camera that you can't not yeah. you can't yeah. not mention bring you back yeah. it's, it's so unfucking like, believable yeah, perfectly, it. <laughs> perfectly done it's terrifyingly good yeah <laughs> um what was the point I was making oh so um you're talking about pilot episodes mm-hmm. so he when he had wrote the show he didn't know at all what was going to happen. Like, the first, he thought Jesse Pinkman was going to die the first season. What? That's how different it turned out to be. Huh. Um, initially, in writing it, the way he came up with the show is because he and his friend were, like, out of work. And they were talking about, like, oh, maybe I should just go start selling drugs. And they are like, yeah, like a 40-year-old man, you know, selling drugs. And they kept going back and forth. And then he was kind of like, huh, wait a minute. Why, why would a 40-year-old man sell drugs? Because ah. he's desperate. Why is he desperate? Because uh, he, he, you know, he's got a dead-end job. He's a, he's a, he's a, not a, not that teacher is a dead-end job, but that was just, he's like, it's not fulfilling for him. So he's like, oh, he's a teacher. Well, why, well, like, still, why, what makes him desperate? Oh, he has cancer. Oh, he needs money to provide for his family. Oh, so that, so that's why he sells drugs. Oh, but like, why does he sell drugs? Oh, because he failed at a prior, you know what I mean? He built it off that. Right, right. And I'm like. Oh, it was just so cool to see how his mind just started spinning. That's awesome like, because that, yeah. that's the like the five stages of why kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know, where, yeah. you're, where you're drilling down into the motivations of a character. Like, what is the right. core essence, right? That's why it makes... Yeah. That's yeah. why I think that's the... the pro- psychology of exactly. the involved. Yeah, because yeah. it's really... It's very nuanced yeah. for it. I was thinking about it with... Hold on. How I'm going to go deeper than just talking about screenwriting and well that's what you do that's what you do don't don't apologize for being you fucker (laughs) before you go in i do want to say psychology is super important in like film to every court i thought about taking courses every course i looked into taking psychology was always in there yeah. So I just want to throw it that like in. Has, yeah. It makes it so has much to sense be. to yeah. me that that's the way. Yeah. So cool. But anyway, <laughs> so, and this is kind of just relating to practical writing for me ending in how I think I might have to start writing this thing. But anyway, so I look at extroversion. I was thinking about extroversion and introversion recently. Mm-hmm. And I think that the idea that the battery charging analogy that you always hear where it's like, Introverts recharge their battery by being mm-hmm. alone, and that extroverts recharge their battery by being with people. Right. I think that it's not actually a recharging, it's a unloading of, that what mm-hmm. ends up happening is that you have a whole bunch of incoming information that you have to process, and that the more and more of that information goes unprocessed, the less and less you can manage, right. because you have a whole bunch of weights on your back that you haven't been able to throw off yet. Dude, I love that. You even sorted them through, <laughs> you even put them off to the side, and like, okay, I understand that thing, there's less shit to worry about, I'm not so taken aback. But what it, I think it's a processing difference, that introverts process internally so they go into Mm. solo mode to go through all that incoming information and offload it so that they can interact with the world again 
Huh. So then they can then they can start bringing in more new incoming information. And I think right. what extroverts are doing is that they off they take the pr- the processing and they do it externally. So they talk to other people mm-hmm. about all their problems, all the things going on, right. and all the crazy things going on in their life. And they go they sort through all that information externally, and then they can be alone. Oh, that's really that's so that's interesting because really all that information is weighing on whoever. It's just how they process that information. Yeah, so right. it's not a battery charging refilling the battery it's an offloading of incoming information so i was thinking this might help for writing this story i think i might want to co-write it yeah because i i process externally i think i'm more extroverted than i am introverted and if i'm processing externally i think i can get through this thing faster by just yeah. playing i mean you ideas. did that yeah. when you you did that when we were at the gym when you were back home for Christmas, you're mm-hmm. trying to work through problems, and you kept talking about the same things every day. We went to the gym, and then like right around the through, it's like it was like that knot. You were able to untie and, it, and, and oh. you, yeah, and you're just like totally back out. You're like you're just like oh, I got it, I figured it out. Good, and it wasn't like I even said anything. You were just like able to articulate it in words. He basically was like, Wenzel, shut up. <laughs> I need your help, but don't say anything. <laughs> but, I mean, it's kind of... Because you articulate things differently in your own head than when you actually say it out loud. Yeah. And I've always... Not always. Maybe always? I don't know. But I've always... I'll say always. I've always <laughs> taken whatever information I'm learning and tried to understand it in a way that I could explain it. And the best way to know if I've done that is by actually explaining it. Mm-hmm. So I get better at processing that information the more I explain it to someone. And it's like we're working through it, and then I see then like how well somebody else responds to it, and then it's like, okay, I think I'm on the right track, and I got it. Right. <laughs> so I really, think I, I would I like really, to co-write this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's kind of really similar to what I just did with you know the personal philosophy thing I was just coming up with. I, bo- I sent both of you guys yeah. independently the, the versions I was working on right. to try and get feedback because – like I felt it, like there was that mental knot kind mm-hmm. of where I was like, like I, I'm close to it, and it's like one of the weirdest things I've ever written for myself, because like your philosophy is there, like you have it, mm-hmm. but it's like unspoken from like a psychological thing, like you have this core framework that you're using to orient your life, you know, similar to like Jordan Peterson's Maps of Meaning, right. but like when I was trying to figure it out, I'm like. This is really actually really hard because when you first because you watch videos while you're you're trying to figure it out like how other people have articulated it and you can sense when people have a good understanding of it because like they've been able to trim the fat and parse it down enough without being overly wordy you know and then the people who haven't really worked through and done the legwork to to know it you know be, like be it like the authentic version of that thing right they're, they they don't believe in it you can tell by the way they say it so that, that, that's what it was really interesting to me because, like, every time I was iterating on it, I would send it to you guys and then you, you Joe, were really helping kind of parse it down a little bit more because I was kind of articulating it in a way and then I would say it out loud. And then saying it out loud was like, oh. Like, that, it right. just, like, clicks, like a puzzle piece. <laughs> you can get, like, the rhythm of it when yeah. you say it out loud. Exactly. And then, it's like, oh. then that's how I came up with, in tandem, I was like, okay, so this is mine and then what does feeding curiosity as an entity slash idea represent. You know, what what do I want it to be the outward portrayal of that, you know? Yeah. To to if like if I had to pitch it in like, you know, its simplest context ever, right? Like if I had, you know, 
less than 10 words or something like that. How could right. I t- say it to someone and they would just be like, got it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's, and that's how I looked at it. And so I'll say it again. And this will be on the episode 32 with our interstellar when I said it out loud for the first time in a recording. So the feeding curiosity's philosophy as it is right now is think, question, synthesize. And I, and I really enjoy that because it's, it's similar to ones that I've listened, heard before is like learn, unlearn, relearn and stuff like that. But I, I, I think it goes deeper than that because I really want people to be able to take things from things that shouldn't inherently make sense mm-hmm. and be able to combine those things. And anything you, anything you think, you know, you should question the, that preconceived notion. And then once you've answered the question sufficiently, you should synthesize it into a new question and repeat infinitum. Yes. Like hmm. Endless loop. Yeah, exactly. Keeps going. Yeah. <laughs> That's I love it so much. Yeah. I'm, getting, I'm, getting, <laughs> I'm getting goosebumps. Yeah. It's crazy how when you, like, when you do figure it out, like yeah. get to the foundation or something, yes. you're like, oh, like it gives it like a new life. Yes, almost. it really does. Yeah. It like brings a context, and this is going back to because I don't. Well, this one actually probably come out after our one year of feeding curiosity, so. There'll probably be a t-shirt that you guys can purchase that it might, it'll probably say those words. I think that's what, that's what I'm leaning towards right now as, as an idea. Yeah. For the first, first year of really feeding cool. curiosity. That cool. new logo or something. Yeah. With the logo and that. And it'll be, I, lo- I really like the new logo, by the way. I know. I love yeah, the new I logo. Really so to kind of put some, cause we're talking about symbology and storytelling is, uh, my brother had asked me what, what is feeding curiosity? Right. And so the reason it has the, the, the curvature stuff is that idea of the dichotomy of the brain where one side is analytical and numbers-based and the other side of the brain is creative and nonlinear, right? And so the, the circle has those two parts come together and mix, and you have the circle that is the encompassing of that cycle, right, of being right. able to synthesize, basically. <laughs> Be, being able to take creativity and analytical numbers and creating something new with the, combining the two. So there's a common theme with all of these imagery and things like that. And then the red is there because of the, I believe it represents passion. Mm-hmm. And I think knowledge is another one. I think the yellow one might be knowledge. Uh, but yeah, know. either way. The we, red works. Yeah, the red I think really works. And the and new thumbnails, man. Oh, yeah. it's been so much fun going back really through. Good. They look way better. They're Dude. like leaps and bounds better than the yeah. old ones. They well, look super that, professional. Because that's my, that was me just fucking around and trying to figure it out and make it real by do you have, do we have a, it. Are we doing in a transition audio thing? Like, you know, the little opener, the feeding curiosity opener that was on the old ones? So, no, there's no hard opener anymore. It, it usually just has the, the sponsor read in the beginning on average. And then my little fade in with my intro of what this episode's about, and then it fades out, and that's cool. it for now. So it's super simple, but I don't think it needs to have. We're not a radio show, right? Yeah, we don't need a. We, we don't, don't need air horns. Yeah, we don't. We don't need oh, like. Welcome on. to the. Hold on. Oh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Curiosity. Hey, when I get the new mixer in, we'll, yeah. we'll be able to make sound cues in. in, oh, in no. I know. I'm gonna abuse. So, that. so when I the whole podcast. <laughs> when, when I uh, I had an idea for Herrera because you know he's a meme king right now when it comes to Facebook. Mm-hmm. I was like, Eric, can we just do this episode? And this is me putting on blast, so putting it out in the world so that it does happen now. Um, <laughs> I'm, on, I'm like, Eric, I want you to come on the show, and it's going to be overdone seriousness of, it's going to be like, Eric Herrera, 
Er, no, it'd be, it'd be Eric Herrera meme. Er, it'd be Eric Meme King Herrera, and it'd be like a Bruce Buffer intro. You know. Oh my god. <laughs> and it'll be entire conversation is is how to find memes and then rate memes and how you know it's good meme and then it'll just be like you have to be dead serious. Oh yeah, way too way too way too serious. <laughs> it'd be like a you know a sixty minutes interview of like so. Tell, tell me about the memes. Here's the TikTok in the background. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be way too serious and it'll just be him like. You know, it's like Roselle, Illinois. One young man like, is going through his day looking for the best possible memes. How does he do this? Where does he search? And what is the impact he's having on this culture? I just want to be a fly on the wall of that episode. So when he says something, he gets too serious. I just want to be like, Psh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have you as comic relief. To be yeah. like, Bitch, please, yeah. yeah. Like, I'll shut up. <laughs> That's awesome. That might be have to be a live one. Yeah. We're all dressed up in suits. <laughs> oh my god! And we have to have the you know the cross leg. It's like, so tell me, I know you work overnight. How do you pass the time? This <laughs> <laughs> is nothing but me. <laughs> no man, I, I just there's like a void there, you know. And I, just, <laughs> and I, I log on to Reddit one day and I'm like, what are these? <laughs> My life is fulfilled. <laughs> <laughs> the, the whole I've been the trying. The first time that I posted a picture of SpongeBob making that dumb face, I felt like this is it. This is my calling. <laughs> We're getting real meta here right now. <laughs> Super. I love this. Yeah, so I much. can't wait for that one. <laughs> Man. But yeah, it's it's been like it's been a trip to just be like able to articulate better with the the thumbnails to be able to show what. You know, part of it, the magic that I think we have is, is since Nick is my brother, is a photographer, and he just has this amazing library of all these super high-quality photos of all you guys, it really adds an extra layer of credibility that I didn't think about as a, as a being, a, like, a selling point. Mm -hmm. You know, because it, a lot of people, and it's it's kind of also the, the, the showing of our time, too, is because we have access to high-quality cameras, being able to create good thumbnails... Is very easy, yeah. as long as you pay attention a little bit and someone takes an pictures enough, right? right. <laughs> if you have no pictures, it's hard. But if you have at least a little bit, like on my computer right now, there's one of Dante that I had just redone, and like that one he sent me after he went back home, and it looks really good. And it was probably mm -hmm. done with an iPhone or something like that, and right. I really enjoy it. Like it, it really shows. And so we have like two different formats now with thumbnails we can do a horizontal bar or a vertical bar depending cool. on the formatting whichever one looks better basically yeah, and so I've been playing around with that and then I'm, I try to have a little like it almost looks like a magazine photo of like a cover of a story is it kind of what I would I guess was thinking that. Yeah. you know and yeah. so so it's kind of like got the your the person's name yeah. and then like a blurb of like who they are so it's been kind of fun for me to kind of listen to the episodes more so like part of my thing with personal philosophy I went back through our episode 20 and, like, I listened to the last hour and a half of that conversation trying oh, to remember... Ours? Ours, oh, yeah. Okay. Episode 20. That's why I said the episode. Oh, yeah. I listened to the last hour and a half of the episode trying to remember where... Because we talked about that quote. And that yeah. quote was... We were riffing back and forth. Like, we were, we had, like, a flow state in that conversation. Mm -hmm. I don't know yeah. what the fuck we were on. But, like, yeah. we, we were transitioned from topics and it was super authentic. And this is part of the personal philosophy stuff because mm -hmm. I'm, like, immersed in it right now. So mm -hmm. I'm, like, oh. Like, it, I was drawn to listen to that. Because I was like, oh, there was something in that conversation that we were hitting on, like, our core personalities of who yeah. we were huh. in that moment. It was really weird. Um, Which really, what number? What? Number 20. 20. That was yeah. a really good conversation. It was so saying, good. Yeah. And, I, and I think it kind of, you know, it, because it's so late in the conversation is why 
it, I don't think it was resonated with. So that was like one of the first episodes I did a hard opener for. So I created that little video I shared to you guys with the transcribed audio. Hmm. So that 45 second video is the like what is feeding curiosity, and then what is the you know the the quote was whatever I want to be is what I'm doing right now. That was the quote we we said. Oh yeah, yeah. And I was like. And yeah. like right, like the the transcribed part cuts right there. But me, there was like this really long pause after mm-hmm. I said it, and Jordan's like, "Damn, that's yeah. fucking good. I'm yeah. stealing that." And, and <laughs> what's funny is I actually did steal it. I know you <laughs> um, told me so that. So the newest or the second, the penultimate, whatever, the last uh, kind of show that I'm thinking of mm-hmm. is the premise of it is that quote quote. That's all I don't want to say what it's about, but like the idea I built around that. Yeah. And yeah, I might, yeah. that might be a quote on like the back of the t shirt that I'm thinking of too. Why not? Fuck it. Because it sounds, <laughs> I mean, because it kind of, it's, it's, to me, what that quote represents is just be present. Right. Like don't think about what you're going to do tomorrow or an hour from now or anything. Like don't worry too much about it. You just, or what we do yesterday is just be here. <laughs> whatever here is <laughs> you know like if you go to the gym be in the gym you know <laughs> don't be you know what you're eating next <laughs> or yeah. something, you know yeah, don't be what you have to get done afterward don't be the <laughs> things that are on your don't be in my case it would be don't be worrying about the homework while you're at the I, gym because I'm not going to fucking do it at the gym <laughs> exactly like, the, the, like that's the whole point about it is that I think that's why it makes it powerful because it's about being Present and then authentic to the present. Yeah, it's a loose take on anxiety, is how I see it. A little bit. I yeah. think like worrying about the future—that's kind of what you can yeah. attribute to being anxious. And then depression anxiety. is the other Past. end of the spectrum. Yeah. <clears throat> right. So just being like, um, say it again. I always phrase it the wrong way. Yeah. Speaking of which, Mike sent me a great quote yesterday. We're we're like name dropping a lot of people right now. Yeah. Um. But I've so I've been so this is one of the fun things that I've been doing. Speaking of writing and stuff, I I have a notebook now that's too impactful quotes or quotes to ponder I call it mm-hmm. and because I always wonder like when I read a book and I see like really cool quotes and stuff I'm like mm-hmm. how the fuck do these guys have just this repertoire of quotes they pull out of their assholes yeah. <laughs> and I'm like I'm like well duh they obviously just collect quotes or they have something they go to right they actually write them down when they hear it yeah uh, and they're like I'm gonna use like they it resonates with them for some reason mm-hmm. so me and Mike have been sending quotes back and forth to each other and it's like oh a little bit so the reason I laugh is because, so I watch, I watch Jersey Shore, okay, and I'm not <laughs> Not proud. I, no, I'm not ashamed. No. <laughs> I, I am proud as fuck. Well, maybe you should be a little. <laughs> no, I'm ashamed for you, Jordan. It's so, it's so stupid, but it's hilarious, and it's just like, it's something to like have on and like be doing something else and just be like, that's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> but there's, there's an episode where uh, Mike and Vinny... Literally, what you and Mike are doing, they literally do that. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, no. Funny. They literally go back and forth and say, like, motivational quotes to each other. And it, some of them are really good, but it's, like, funny because, like, who does that? And then you're like, oh, me and Mike have been doing this. <laughs> I mean, I also send you guys pictures from, like, books of Victor Frankl, Man's yeah. Search for Meeting, too. So you can't get any fucking nerdier than that. Yeah, is that our... Oh, yeah. Show notes that one. I am yeah. going to. Um, but so the quote I sent him yesterday was, Today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. He- <laughs> Wait, is it really? That's one of the ones that he, I think Mike, <laughs> funny that it's Mike, <laughs> but I think he said that one. That's some syncretism. I, I know. Some weird shit. And then, but Mike sent me this. So that one, I'm not sure where that quote came from. I heard it from somewhere. Someone said it. They didn't quote who it was. 
The one he Mike sent me back though was anxiety is the illness of our time comes primarily from the inability to dwell in the present moment. And that's thick, not Han. That's a really interesting name. Yeah. Vietnamese fuck. Hmm. Or something like that. Something. something. So, yeah. I mean, it's just interesting that I've been just kind of quoting from those. And, like, one of the other ones was Eric Fromm that mm-hmm. I had mentioned to you, which yeah. I need to look into more of what he's about. He was one of the uh, guys at the Frankfurt School yeah. of Thought. But he's got a lot of interesting books, and he's he's re- related to Jung, I believe. Or a, a similar era. Yeah. Because I, I remember him saying something with... I'm pretty, so he was like the psychology person at yeah. uh, at the Frankfurt School. Because the Frankfurt School okay. was just in Frankfurt. And it's really more referring to the people who were at that university who all had a similar means of thinking, basically. They were yeah. like a club of okay. intellectuals. So here's his quote. During the 1930s, so the, I think. Since we're on, the, on this right now, and is his man is the only animal for whom his, his own existence is a problem which he has to solve and from which he cannot escape. Mm-hmm. And and the uh, the other interesting thing that I thought is his name is spelled like mine, Eric with an Eric H, from. which is interesting because I don't meet... I don't know enough, enough about him, but I don't know got either. a bone to pick with the Frankfurt School. <clears throat> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, they... Uh, was that the postmodern stuff? Yeah, they helped... Uh, they took Marxist critical... Or what was it called? Social conflict theory and basically brought it into the 20th century... Which was a mistake. <laughs> so, I can't believe I, we're, I'm like Jersey Shore. I'm ashamed of myself. Ashamed. Shelf. I'm ashamed of myself for watching that Jersey Shore. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that was weird. I would have never expected that. I never thought the day would come where I could relate once all to Jersey Shore. <laughs> but I did. <laughs> Does that make me dumb or them We've smart? Done it. And now I gotta relate Joe to SpongeBob or something. <laughs> like that's my next goal. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> oh god. When that happens, the circle will be complete. It will be done. And then the Nothing light. Again. And then the singularity approaches. Yep. That's the oh. real philosophy of feeding curiosity. That's that's what There's an evil conspiracy yeah. that's going on in the background oh. to connect a handful of people to ridiculous things. Yep. And then a trans-dimensional opening rift occurs. <laughs> Summoning. Yeah. Oh, These conversations are just a way down the Dear world. Dear Lord. <laughs> that's what. I dare you to stop us now, Internet. Wahaha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Lord have mercy. What have we gotten ourselves into? Yeah. We've derailed this Apparently, hard fucking yeah. core. World ending. <laughs> I know. Shit. We just turned into the apocalypse somehow. Cool. <laughs> but, well, yeah, it's been interesting. Yeah. I was going to say, now that we circled around yeah. that, <laughs> I was going to say, if you want to bring it back. Yeah, let's, let's eject ourselves out of that orbit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If you want to tell us about the trip aspect, the Disney World Ooh, yeah. nightlife. Oh, yeah. You said you want to get into it at the beginning. Yeah, that was pretty cool. So we went to the big... So we went out and drank a couple of nights. Um, but most of them were low-key. So the big night was we went to... I forget the name of the bar. But it's kind of tucked away in the Polynesian section of Disney World. Hmm. And you find this little bar, it's just a door that, I don't even think the door is marked, I think it just says something ours in here or something. <laughs> and you go in there, and the whole thing is set up like a Hawaiian island kind of a feel. Where there's Ooh. tiki, and there's like pirate ship rules and stuff everywhere, yeah. and it's like low lighting. And we're sitting at what's essentially, I don't remember if it looked like driftwood, or if it was a long surfboard. But it's basically a long 
table that we are all sitting at. You sit on these bar stools that are like raised up, you know. Right. Um, no back to them, just you know the normal padding on the top, and you sit on there. And for every drink that you get, if you get one of the like novelty drinks that a handful of people can get, each one of them has a whole ceremony in, that revolves around them. Hmm. So one was. I forget the name of the drink, but it, it comes out in a bowl that's shaped like a submarine, basically. What? And you drink out of a submarine. That's and when you do cool. it, the lights all dim, and then everything turns blue. And what? then you hear, like, in the speakers, you hear, like, bubbles, like, coming up to the surface and everything. And then all the bartenders magically have, like, floaties on and, like, scuba gear and shit. And what? they swim the thing over to you. And Are you kidding? On their table. Yeah. What the? Fuck? <laughs> That's so surreal. Yeah, yeah, and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> and then there's like, oh, what else is? I wish there was a picture of this that we could put in the show notes. Yeah, <laughs> I might be. Able, I might have a picture on Instagram of some of this, or might be able to find one. But that'd be so cool. There's also, um, when the the coolest drink was came out, and it was like a big bowl, big circular bowl, with four corners to it. On each of the four corners, there's like these little mounds of cinnamon. And when they bring it out, you hear, like, lightning crashing. And, like, it's all getting scary and everything in there. And then they come out and they, like, point up to a tiki god like that's hanging up, at, like, near the ceiling. Like, they're in this big mantelpiece and it, like, lights up and everything. And he, like, gives this whole thing and everybody starts shouting, like, cool, cool, cool. Like, in the, what? And all, like, the people in the bar get into it, too. Like, everybody, as soon as yeah. they figure out what's going on, everybody gets into it. That's amazing. So, like, there's people, like, chanting this craziest thing. And he's, like, yelling and you hear, like, lightning, like, crashing and everything. And then he lights something on top of the, on top of the actual drink on fire. So it's burning. And then as you're doing this, you take the cinnamon and you flick it into the fire and it makes sparks fly everywhere. Yeah, so you're throwing oh. cinnamon into the fire. It's like, it sparks and stuff. And he goes, ah, then takes a knife and stabs it in the fire and then stirs the drink together and mixes it for you. And then you're good. What? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, this sounds like the best party drink ever. It was ever. delicious, yeah. too. <laughs> this is like the pinnacle of hospitality. Yeah, right. <laughs> what the Dude, that's Disney. It's creepy how hospitable everybody is. Like, creepy hospitality. Really? Yeah. That's insane. Because like, everything's a performance, basically? Everything is designed to make you happy as fuck. And all the workers there, even at the conference, were, like, so unbelievably nice. Like, they heard me talking about how they I missed the snack. Like, I came in from doing something, and then, like, there was a snack that was out, and I'm like, oh, dang, I should have grabbed some more. I'm still hungry. And this dude just overheard me. He goes, oh, you want more? I got you. And then he goes and, like, gets a bunch of stuff, and he's like, then he, like, gives me more food, and he's, like, talking to all of us. And he's, like, it's just the happiest dude in the world. And that's all of Disney. Disney is designed just to be the happiest place in the world. That's terrifying. Oh, including the bars. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can see why the bars are the happiest place so, in the world. And there's yes. multiple other ones. It, like, there's one that came out in, like, a shrunken head. Like, the the drink came out in a shrunken head. And you hear, like, zombie noises and stuff. And there's, like, a bunch of ridiculous stuff. But one of the really funny things is, is that if you're sitting at this table, the one that we were at, and you order water, you start taking on water. And they don't tell you that that's what's going on. And they don't tell you why it is that this happens. But your seat slowly starts to, sh like, deflate. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, what? It starts to lower and slowly but surely. So in a few minutes, you went from, like, sitting normally where, like, the, the, the actual... Table. table is like to your chest to like it being at eye level <laughs> you're sitting there like ah! like trying to reach up on this thing you look like a child it's that's the amazing shit in the world and they don't tell you nobody tells you what's happening it's just suddenly Fred's orders some water and then five minutes later he's like 
eye level with this dude. This thing. And he's like, what the fuck? And he's like, what happened? What did we do? It's like you're being called out for not drinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you start ordering drinks again, does it raise? Um, it'll just raise on its own like oh, five okay. minutes later, but it's pretty fucking funny. Like this one, um, this one woman, Stephanie, was with us, and she's short as shit already. So like when this happened to her, she's like, ah, <laughs> it was so you can barely see her. It's so funny. oh my god, that's hilarious. That's amazing. Dang. Uh, yeah, I want to go to Disney. Dude, <laughs> I just want to go everywhere. I, yeah. I want to go back to Disney, and I want to really experience nightlife. It's expensive as fuck. Oh, I bet sir, it would I'm be. Sorry. It's probably but Vegas, right? Some, not as much. More. I mean, every drink is like 15 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. I didn't I make mean, that engineer. All that. I didn't make that engineer money just to blow. Yeah. <laughs> You, you pregame. That's the yeah, <laughs> yeah, pregame, yeah. man. You buy the little, the little fireball shooters. And you, uh, yeah, that's what you point. do. But... There's also, we didn't get to do this, and I'm, next time, next time I go back, whenever that's, we'll have to do it. If you go to Epcot, they have a drinking around the world, so like, oh. they have a certain, not enough times they're open, they have bars hidden across the whole park that are all from like, different regions of the world, you try right. the beer at all of them, or the alcohol from all those places, and you can drink around the entire world inside Epcot. That's really dope. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> I want to do that. I want to do that. We didn't have time. Yeah. It was just bad timing. Like, I, we tried to go, but I, yeah. my networking stuff that I had to do was smack dab in the middle of the time. Of that. course. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's why I'm so excited for now is, like, the freedom to explore is... is oh! I want to travel again. Yes. It's like, uh, the doors are opening upon me at this yeah. point. So it's like, I know you're you're going somewhere soon. Going to Denver, actually. Yeah. I, so Alex planned this trip because I kind of was just like, just, okay, so... For a little preface of how this mm-hmm. happened, so I wanted to go on like this little trip to like just dive into writing and just get like a shit ton done, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Yeah, that's cool. Like, just go solo somewhere, mm-hmm. not not anywhere extravagant, but like yeah, yeah. I don't know anywhere where I can just chill and write for a little bit, right?" right? And she's like, "Well, she's like, yeah, that's cool. You can do that." But she's like, "But I want to go somewhere." So I'm like, Ugh. "So I'm like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, all right. So you know, I gotta do that first, then I can do that." So I was like, "Okay." I was like, "Here's some money to do this. You plan it." I'm like, I'll just tell you a budget because I don't want to, like, we're not going to London. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm yeah. like, right. Just, you don't got that yeah. money. <laughs> right. So I was like, just plan it, stay within the budget. We can do it like a short, like, weekend trip so we don't really have to take off work. Mm-hmm. I'm taking off one day, but whatever. Um, so then she comes back. She's like, okay, I got it. We're going to Denver. We're staying here, blah, blah, blah. We got a rental car so we can do the whole nine. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I always, since she planned it, I don't even know. Like, I didn't know that we were going next week until this morning. She's like, oh, we're leaving next week. I'm like, huh? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like, I keep forgetting about this trip because I didn't plan any of it. You know what I mean? Like, I forgot where Yeah, it's going. not front of brain for you because yeah. you're just like, it was like. <laughs> yeah, I was like, just, here's that, just do it. And then she's like, yeah, we're leaving next week. I'm like, oh, we should probably uh, start figuring out what we're doing. <laughs> um, so that's good. It's Thank gonna God for Facebook recommendations, though. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm glad I did that because now I have like a list of shit I can just pull from and figure out and we have a rental car so we don't have to Uber fucking everywhere because you know how that adds up and like yeah. one day is like already a rental car pays for itself really? damn oh yeah I mean, of, well the, I guess you're right because it's like yeah. assuming $20 per trip or yeah. whatever yeah so the rental car or we got is, back. it was like just over 100 for the time that we're there where Uber, no, we, would have, we would have spent that in the first day, probably second day. You know what I mean? Assuming um, it's cold and you don't want to walk around everywhere. Yeah, and I don't, and I think like we're going to Hot Springs or Ooh. whatever those, yeah, whatever those things are called, um, and that's like thirty minutes from the hotel. Yeah. So that there and back is already easily you know, kinda almost a hundred dollars. So that's why I'm like, let's just get a rental car and we can go where the fuck we want. You yeah, know what I mean? it's dope. <clears throat> so that'll be fun. I'm excited. Are about you flying there? there? 
Yeah. You're flying there and getting a rental car from the airport? Yeah. Cool. Um, excited. I've never been to Denver, so that'll be fun. But, it's beautiful. Um, oh, you've been there? Yeah. yeah. I got family in Colorado Springs, and we so we've been, I've been in Colorado a few times. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, That's dope. Yeah. And then, um, but yeah, we should plan another trip. Yes. You I mean, mentioned Cancun. But, um, I want to go out of the country because I haven't been out of the country since Japan. I haven't yeah. been out of the country since 2012. Bruh. Let's get the Where'd fuck you out of this country. Cancun. Oh, yeah, yeah. For yeah. a week. Yeah, Maybe we could go to... You know, that might be a more expensive flight. I wonder what it costs to get to Havana. That's a good question. I know a lot of those like, you Caribbean places are pretty cheap. Yeah. I know that there's a lot of cruises that go to Havana. Huh. Out of uh, Miami? Probably. That'd be kind of cool. Coconut on the beach. Land dancing. Cigars. I got one of those drinks with a little umbrella in it. Mm. Just to be touristy. I want to have my shirt <laughs> unbuttoned one too many buttons. Yeah. But it's okay because we're in Havana. Exactly. <laughs> Gonna get one of those straw hats too. Fuck yeah, why not? We should, or could we put like in the show notes, like recommendations from people? Like, yes. Yeah. Trip or vacation spot that's Ooh. not. Crazy, crazy extravagant, but like yeah. still a good time. I wonder how much it costs to get to Thailand, because that's the most expensive part is the plane ticket. Yeah, I, Mike, um, we could probably ask Mike about that too. What would yeah. budget friendly uh, travel? Yeah. So I definitely think we should do another like. I want to do a big something. out of the country trip. Yeah, I really want to go to London. Germany. Again, yeah. Germany. Ooh, we are young enough to still drink ourselves half to death. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to go to Oktoberfest. Yes. That's not a bad. I'm about to be making engineer money. No, we should plan. I need to spend it all. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I can help you do that. You can pay for my ticket. Pay for my ticket too. (laughs) Pay for everyone's ticket (laughs) once. If I could, I would. (laughs) I'd much rather spend money on experiences than on things. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, we should definitely do that then. If you're listening to us right now. so we gotta figure out some way to have them submit a form. There's a there's commenting on the yeah comment on the on this comment on any of these social medias. Reach out to me. It's on every podcast. You can find my socials. Tell me where I can go for cheap. I put it also. It's awesome. I'm, I've been making show notes, so it's it exists. Woo-hoo. A whole entire list of things we've talked about. We've talked a lot about shit. Yeah, yeah we did. Um, that's good. I think, I think we, so we're just hitting an hour, guys, and it didn't feel like it. No, yeah, that's quick. And I want to get food. I haven't eaten yet. Uh, Humans? Kind of. Kind of. Come on, Jordan. I'm down. Hey! Alright. We're gonna go be fat shits and get kumas. I should put that in the show notes so we can link to it. Fat shit and kumas. Where's fat shits at? No, not that. I wanna go there. That sounds good. Alright, guys. Good to see ya. Yeah. See ya. Later. You just listened to an episode of Feeding Curiosity. Thank you all for listening and tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a like, subscribe, go check out the website over at feedingcuriosity.net and all the other things that we're doing there. And once again, thank you all for tuning in and we will see you in the next episode.